Psalm 119. Uh, we're going to look at one, one verse to start off with uh, today. And um, as you're turning to it, Psalm 119, we're going to go to, to verse 165. Psalm 119, 165. It's a very familiar verse. We use it, you, we use it often. Um, but uh, about a week ago, I think it was probably Monday night, might have been Sunday night, um, but I started walking. I said, Lord, uh, you know, what direction, where you want me to go? Uh, with next Sunday's message, and and, uh, and and that's what I do. I mean, Wednesday night, we just go verse by verse through and, and just allow the Lord to kind of direct me as I go through and teach teach me, and then I might be able to teach somebody else. And then, but on Sundays, I'm, I, I don't, you know, not being God, I don't know the needs of everybody that's going to walk through the door on Sunday morning and Sunday night even, and so I, I just asked the Lord to direct my mind and my heart, and so he took me to this verse. This is uh, God just, this is the verse that came into my mind, and I'll be honest with you, as soon as it did, I thought, Lord, what am I going to do with that? I mean, that's just such a simplistic verse. Uh, you know, what am I going to do with that as far as a message? And so, but as I did, as I continued to walk and pray, I, I, it became really clear to me uh, that there was going to be, when I got back home and able to sit down with my Bible and sit down uh, with my research, that uh, what I was going to find out that there was a whole lot more to that verse than we have been seeing, that I've been seeing for years. I'm not saying nobody else has seen it. I'm just saying that uh, I think I've kind of scanned over it and taken it for uh, just to kind of a cliche almost statement. And so I'll read it to you. Psalm 119, 165 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. That's a pretty, uh, pretty absolute statement. Great peace have they which love thy law, and it says, and nothing shall offend them. And, uh, and again, we normally use that verse when, when you know, somebody's been offended by something that's been said or done. And, uh, and, you know, and we, you know, it's really nice to recite it to someone else when they've been offended by what we've said, uh, you know, uh, but, and, and we'll say it to try to help somebody, you know, hey, you know, great peace have they which love our Lord, and nothing shall offend them, so uh, don't get upset, don't get, get bothered, don't get angry by these words or actions by somebody else. And, uh, and so, uh, <clears throat> all that is true in this verse, but there's so, so much more. And I want to uh, have a word of prayer and I get started. Father, I pray that you bless this morning. Holy Spirit of God, I yield myself to thee. Lord, I ask you to please fill me at this moment. Dear God, I need your presence. I need your power. I need your guidance and direction. I need your clarity of mind and strength of body. Father, I need you to just make clear today exactly uh, what you would have for us. And Lord, I don't, I don't know exactly why you brought it, but Lord, to me, uh, it, honestly, to me, I see it to this morning as more of a life-changing truth to, as much as anything that I've ever seen in the Bible. So Lord, I pray, that, please, that you'd wrap your arms around us as a mighty hedge of protection. And Lord, the old enemy is trying, trying so hard to destroy some lives, even inside our church. And, and Lord, so, trying so hard to, to enter in and to, and, to, and to do things. Lord, I pray, please, that you would uh, just make that mighty hedge of protection around us. And Lord, I, and then a, a hedge of thorns around us that would keep us from, from, from straying from the path, from the steps that you have ordered for us. 
And then, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind Satan from this place and, and the enemy that would try to snatch away the truth. Lord, be with us as Brother Smith is, is making his way to us tomorrow. And, and, and do allow him to, to be able to come to us. But, Lord, it's all in your hands, your will, and your protection. So, Lord, I pray that you bless us now. Direct us, guide us. I need you, your presence, and your power. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to just start out, I, what I'm going to do is just uh, kind of break down the verse very quickly and just uh, by defining some words or kind of giving a simple definition of some words. The first word we see is this great peace. Great uh, means, you know, it's, it's amazing when you start to look at, but it means uh, one of the, the, the word, ways it's used in the scripture is the word captain. Captain, and it's uh, it's more, it's mighty, it's greater, greater than, exceedingly greater than, uh, and so this great is greater than uh, whatever, uh, and so and in peace it says great peace. It says peace is completeness, soundness, quiet, tranquility, contentment, friendship of human relationships with God, and then the word love, and love is to have an affection uh, for, uh, like a friend, human love for another, uh, includes family and human appetite for objects even, such as food or drink or sleep, uh, human love for, for, for God. And, uh, and then the, the law, of course, the law specifically is defined as, you know, the, the Mosaic law and, and the Pentateuch and, you know, the first five books of the Bible. But, of course, it, it, the Bible is, is forever. It's, 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 uh, it, it applies to us today. So that would be the entire Word of God, uh, the law, the Word of God, its instruction, its direction, and then offend. And this is uh, one of the key words in this, in this verse. This word offend, we so often think of it, again, as something that we might be bothered by, something that might upset us a little bit. But the word is a mixhaul, is, is a, it's a stumbling block, literally uh, a, a, an obstacle, an enticement to cause us to fall, to be ruined. Uh, a, a, it's something to make occasion for us to stumble into sin. So those are just words to define, but it, it, it is said that, that all of our failures are prayer failures. You know, I've heard this for, for my, you know, so much in my Christian life. All of our failures are prayer failures, and, and I believe in the importance of prayer. I believe prayer is so vitally important. But, but I, I want to say this, something is just so incredible here, but according to this verse, there's one thing, one thing that will keep you from falling regardless of the temptation that comes your way. You know, I, I get, I'm going to get way ahead of myself, but I'm just so tired of seeing people fall. I'm so tired of seeing people turn away from God. I'm so, look, and I know I'm not above it. I know that I'm not. I know that it could happen to me, but, but God has given in us in this passage, this one little verse, God has given us a way that we can be protected against falling. You see, peace, the Bible says, great peace, peace, that uh, quiet, that tranquility, that contentment, that friendship. Uh, Peace is is being at peace with God and being at peace also with the world that surrounds you. And being at peace with your situation, being at peace with your circumstances, even though they may not be desirable. God's saying, this peace, it just kind of covers the gamut. It's going to, it makes you be at peace Whatever you're, you're going through. Now, this is not just a little bit of peace or sort of a peace. 
But God says it's great peace. Great peace. And great peace is peace that is captain over all other emotions. God says, I have a peace that is available to you today that will rule over everything that you face today. Everything that comes your way today. God says, I have a peace for that. Being at peace with your situation, being at peace with your circumstances. Uh, this is uh, great peace, is a peace that is captain over all the other emotions, peace that is greater than any other form of peace. It is simply like a, a mathematical equation, it's greater than. It's greater than. No matter what you put on the other side, it's greater than. It's just greater than, God says, and that's how, look, that's how absolute God is. God, God says, this peace that I offer to you is greater than put whatever you want to over here. Put whatever, whatever you want. It's, it's like you put infinity over here and said it's greater than whatever number you want to put over here. Now, it's never equal to, it's always greater than. So I'm, I'm going to kind of continue to sort of dissect this verse greater, greater than any other peace you can have. God says this peace is greater than any other peace than you can have. Not overall, just greater than whatever you're going to face. It's greater than any other peace. And so it's great peace. And it says, have they? Now, and I love this. Great peace, have they? Now, it doesn't say uh, may have or could have or probably have. It says, have they? Do you know what God says? This great peace you can have. Does that mean, folks, does that excite you? Everybody in here can have that peace. Everybody that's listening to me in this worldwide thing that we're doing today, because we had, Brother Rogers told me, he said, man, he said, I don't know if we had that many people out of church or what, but we had 21 people watching this. 21! That's amazing. And so, <laughs> no, I tell him it is amazing because we don't, we don't broadcast that it. it's even there. So I don't know how some guy I've never even heard of wrote me uh, about a week ago and said, wow, I really loved your message. And I'm like, who are you? And so, um, but we don't do that. But, you know, if, if they find us, then God bless them. Then they're, they're welcome to it uh, the one time that they listen. So um, you didn't catch that, did you? So. Greater, greater than any peace. Great peace have they. And so God says it's an absolute. You can have it. And we can have it today. I can have it right now. Did you know that? I can have that great peace right now. No matter how much, and can I just tell you, as, as a preacher, one of the ways that Satan attacks us is he tries to attack us with doubt about what we're doubt doubt about our ability to do it, doubt about our, our way to present it. And you know what God does for me? He says, ah, I got peace that'll get you through that. That'll overwhelm that doubt. And so you can get up and you can say what you got to say. And watch this. God says, I'll even make you believe it was good. Okay? He does. Now, you don't make me believe that, but he does. Okay? Now, he says, if. Now, look. If we have this great peace, if we love the law of God. Great peace have they. Which love the law. Love thy law. All right, now, now this is kind of the, 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 the kicker, the crux here, because this is where the old devil just beats us up, okay? If we love the law, but what does that really mean? What does it really mean to love the law? 
how much must I love it? How intense must I love it to have this peace? How, how can I d- define it and, and understand it? Well, this, is, this was amazing to me, and this is where God was just, boy, it was just opening it up. You see, when you get to the Word of God, there are, there are really about four, and I'll, I'll mention them in a second, but there's really basically four basic types of love that most people talk about that mostly the, the Word of God talks about. But when I went to this passage, the word love was, was a different word. It's only used, I believe, 14 times in the Bible. And this word is, is spelled Ahab. It's A-H-A-B, but it's, it's pronounced Ahib. And so, uh, that, so let's just look at it. It says that word defined as love in which a man delights. Uh, he has a delight, which he earnestly desires. It's a love that it really, really means is that he, really, he truly desires something. In a sense of having a strong emotional attachment and desire, either to possess or to be in the presence of, of something, of an object. Webster's 1828 said about this, uh, in, in a general sense, to be pleased with, to regard with affection on account of some qualities which excite a pleasing sensations or desire of gratification. It says it, it, that, that whatever this is, it, it's pleasing to us and it sort of excites us. And uh, what we see uh, that is necessary to stand, not to fall, when a, uh, you know, when a stumbling block comes to us, and I'm going to get there, has been put before us, is this, this form of love, of he, a, a desire, an affection, an earnest desire for God's word, is something you enjoy to the point you delight in it. You see, it's not a regimen or a schedule, it's a desire. You know, years ago, I, uh, when, they, when they really, you know, they, or at least for us, you know, I'm sure they were out for normal people, but for us, we finally found a, a coffee maker that had a little timer on it where you could set it for the morning. And you can set it all up, and it, it, it go off and, and make your coffee. Do you understand? You know what? When we finally got one of those, we probably we had to take out a loan to get it, uh, which meant it was like twenty nine ninety five or something. So, but we we got this coffee maker, and and and, and my wife said said Are you going to set it to make coffee in the morning? I said yeah, because because if if that thing is going, I, it's just going to be easier for me to get out of bed. Because if, if I know when I walk out of bed, all I got to do is walk over and grab my coffee, I, th- I said, that will, that will, I'll have a greater desire to get up. You know what I mean? I'll just, I'll just it increase my desire. When we say we love our wife or husband, there is a desire in that word, a desire for companionship, a desire for conversation, a desire just to be together. You know, I said, uh, recently, my wife, uh, we strangely had some days alone. And, uh, and, and I said to her, I said, you know, I just, I just was just looking forward to just taking off for a drive, being alone, just together. Now, that's the word that God uses for our love for the Word of God. 
It's not agape love, which God has and only God can give. You see, in the Bible, there's a, a if I pronounce it right, storge love is the way I've always, uh, I think it's storge uh, uh, love. It, it, that's kind of an empathetic bond, and it's a phileo or a philia uh, kind of love, which is sort of a friend bond. And, and uh, there's an eros love that's talked about quite a bit in the Bible, which is more of a sensual kind of bond. But uh, then there's agape love and con- unconditional love of God. Uh, that you have and, and and so those are there but this is not this is this is a different form of love a, a heed an earnest desire something or someone in which you delight a companion that you del- you you have a a delight a desire and a delight to spend time with what i'm trying to say folks this is obtainable do you understand, so often what happens is we read verses, we hear these things, and immediately the old devil comes in and says, you can't love God the way, you can't love the word, word of God the way, the way that God wants you to love it. It's too extreme. God wants you to have this incredible love so that all you want to do is think, eat, and breathe the word of God every second. And the devil will tell you, you know, no, no matter how much you, de- you desire it, it's not enough. Not enough to qualify for this promise. But I want to tell you, God says, watch this now. This is something that's obtainable. This is something that we can have. This is a human. God says, I'm going to give you a word that means a human kind of love. Watch this. When he did that, he was saying it's a love that humans can have. I'll just give you an illustration of what I'm talking about, why it's so obtainable. When, when, when I left the music of the world, when, when in, in probably, I think it was like 1977, uh, when, I, when I, I've given that illustration before, but when that buddy of mine called me and, and all of a sudden God spoke to my heart and said the music that I had and I possessed, I said, this can't glorify God. And as I looked at my album covers and, and, and the things that I had, I realized that the whole direction of this was contrary to where God was taking me. And, and, and I took it and I broke every bit of it. Watch this now. Here's the rest of the story. That same fellow that gave me that statement over the phone, he also gave me an album. He gave me an album of of gospel quartet music. Now, I just wanted to help you now. In 1970s, I don't have a clue what that is. Do you understand? I don't even know what a quartet is. But when I put that album down there of gospel quartet music and put it on, my record player almost went into convulsions. It's like, what is that? My needle kept going, help me, help me, help me. It was incredible. I sat there and listened. I thought, my goodness, what is that? And I'm like, I can't, <laughs> Wow. You say, well, why didn't you just pitch? I didn't have anything else. So I had to, because I, I had to have music. I had to have something playing all the time. I just, I just had to have it. And so I had no option. This is it. I got one record player, and I've got my, 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 my 636, that Pioneer 636 system, and my big speakers, and it's playing gospel music, <laughs> quartet music. And I just let it keep playing. You know, take the big old arm and pull it to the side and just let it keep playing. How many people are old enough to understand that? <laughs> they, don't, they don't know what an album is. 
Amen. As we say, it was a big CD. And so, and we're almost getting to the point where you don't even know what a CD is. Now, uh, but I just let it play. And it played. And it played. And that music was so foreign to me. But as I listened to it nonstop, finally, watch this now, I acquired a desire for it. I started to like it. I started to enjoy it. I started trying to find other music like it. Truth is, I really didn't like what I used to listen to. Like, I enjoyed listening to this. It was something so peaceful about it. It was something so good about it. Hey, listen, listen I, you know, I know that, that uh, you know, it's not the instrument, it's how you use the instrument. But, and, and you could put all these instruments up here behind Bell playing. And, and, and man, you could poom, poom, poom at the right time and, and get everybody all pumped up. But the truth is, I like the peacefulness of her playing. It's, there's a peace in that. And you know what? I learned that just listening to that album over and over and over again. I learned to acquire a desire for it. You say, what are you talking about? Well, I'm just telling you that sometimes, folks, listen, when you first start getting into the Word of God, it's foreign. Its words may seem a little foreign. Its structure, word structure may seem a little foreign. And you might not fully understand, but I'm just telling you this. If you'll just set the coffee maker and go ahead and get up, if you'll just listen to it as, as I get up and listen to it, my wife said this morning as I, I was listening to it while I was getting ready, and then I turned it, turned it off uh, because I, I have a speaker. She bought me a, a speaker for the shower, you know. And so I had a speaker in the shower, so I turned my speaker off in the shower, but I didn't turn my phone back on so I could keep playing the Word of God. And, and, I, and I waited and I was brushing my teeth. She said, she said, why did you turn it off? You don't normally turn it off. I said, well, I just hadn't had time to turn it back on yet. But you know, it, it's just listening to it and listening to it and listening to it. I'm just promising you this. If you will just consume it enough, you'll create a desire for And this is the love God has, wants us to have for his word. It's a, it's, a, it's a love that you can grow into. A desire that can be created. You know, back in the day before I got saved, people would tell me that there were certain beverages that you just had to acquire a, 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 a taste for it. Anybody know what that is? I'm the only heathen in this place. They don't know. But they would say back then in, in the day, you know, because I, I really, I grew up, I just, I was, I was so much into athletics, I didn't want to do anything that would hurt my body. And the guys kept offering me beer. And they just kept, you know, and, and they say, man, you know, come on. And, and one guy handed me, said, said you, got, you got to just acquire a taste for it. Well, let me just tell you something. Something tastes that nasty and I got to acquire a taste for it? Why do I want to acquire, acquire a taste for it? But this is something that tastes really, it, honestly, it don't taste bad at all. You may not be familiar to the taste. But God says if you'll just keep consuming it, you'll start to acquire a taste for it. 
We, all, we so often read this verse and think it means that if someone says something to us that we don't like, normally we take offense to their words. And I'll be honest with you, this is true. God says that you shouldn't, you shouldn't be so, it, you, if you have this great peace, then words really are not going to offend you. Oh, they may hurt you, and I'm going to tell you because we're all human and they may hurt. And, and, you know, we may, you know, my family, I, I'm, I came from a family that's very sarcastic. And, uh, and so we, we have a lot of joking and humor that may be truth in jest. You know what I'm talking about? Let me just cut your throat. <laughs> okay. But, uh, and so sometimes, you know, even though we're laughing and picking each other, you know, you, you really wonder, you know, are they feeling as horrible as I'm feeling when I walk away because they probably really meant everything they said. Now, words can be a stumbling block that lead to anger, bitterness, depression, even a desire for vengeance. And God, this verse is talking about that because this peace is so great, it'll cover that. But I believe that it's covering much more. You see, words, hurt for humor, words of rejection or ridicule can influence us toward bad decisions and actions. But I believe this verse goes even deeper to direct temptations of evil and sin. You see, the word offense is a stumbling block. And that stumbling block, by definition, is is a stumbling block which will cause us to fall and fall into sin. And God says that that there are things that are going to come in our life that they're there. They're not just there to upset me and maybe gradually get me to something God doesn't want, you know, anger or bitterness. No, he's saying... This is, I believe, this is a stronger direct temptation. This is something where it's going to come to us and try to slam us in the face. And this is something that's going to try to tempt, tempt us to, uh, let's just put it, tempt us to, to lie, to tempt us to cheat, to tempt us to steal, to tempt us to commit adultery or fornication. This is a temptation that's going to come present itself and say, oh, you've been confronted now, or are you going to tell the truth? Oh, you, you, you have this opportunity to make, make this off somebody. Are you going to beat them out of a dollar? You have this, are you going to, uh, you have this uh, person that's trying to present themselves to you. Are you going to succumb to that temptation? And God says there's a great peace to those that love the law, and it says it overwhelms that. It rejects that. God says so simply that if you earnestly desire the word of God, you will not fall when the tempter or tempters tries to cause you to stumble and fall. For every temptation, listen to me, for every temptation, God has a remedy. He has an antidote. And, and watch this. Hey, look, he has promises for specific things, but this is so beautiful. He gave us one promise that will cover all things. Hey. Humanly, I think when we desire uh, to love the, the word, uh, you believe and respect it so much that the world's, listen, when the world's view comes to tempt you, you recognize it and have no desire for it. You see, I believe what it is is that when, when this is in us and when this is part of us and, and, and this is, 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 is consuming us and, and we have a desire for it and, and none of us knows all of it. And I wish I had a better memory. And, and back when I was in, in school and even in college, man, I could memorize everything. But seven concussions later, I have trouble memorizing anything. 
had a doctor tell me about, about 15, 20 years ago, probably 20 years ago now, doctor told me, you cannot have one more concussion. You cannot have one more concussion. And I had two more after that. And so, now, the fact is, is that, but it hadn't hurt me. It hadn't hurt me. It hadn't hurt me. It hadn't hurt me. But now, so many fall, so many succumb to the temptations of this world. And this is what's so discouraging. Christians falling. Members of churches falling. And then other members falling because those members fell. Pastors falling. Leaders falling. And it seems that so many have no strength to overcome the temptation of the wicked. But God says there's a remedy. There's, there is an antidote to this. The peace of God which passeth understanding. The peace of God, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 14, 15, says, and above all these, listen to the way this is structured and how it fits. If you really want to take a, you know, study something, compare these, this verse with, with Psalm 119, 165. And above all these things, put on charity. Now, that's, that's an ultimate love. Which is the bond of perfectness. God says the charity, the love that you have will create a complete person. And let the peace, watch this now, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God. God says this great peace, when faced with temptation, this great peace says I'm not going to be tempted by you. I have a greater ruler here. This peace is going to rule over the temptation. This peace that has come from the Word of God. This peace from the, the Word of God that gives me comfort, that gives me strength, gives me direction, gives me courage, looks at you and says, why would I choose you over this? Through this love, this peace of God rules in our hearts. At this point of decision, the love, the desire we have for the Word of God will rule over every temptation, every stumbling block in our life. Because it says, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. God says that nothing shall offend them. That means that every temptation that comes to us, you say, then why do some who seem to be loving in the Word of God, how do they fall at some point they lost, they, they got away from their love. They left their first love. That's why, folks, listen to me. If it's been a day, get back to the Word of God. If it's been a week, run back to the Word of God. If it's been a month, fight to get back to the Word of God. What makes a man or woman yield to the temptation of the Internet? And that's too numerous to, to even describe. What makes a, a person yield to the desire for a relationship outside of their marriage? What makes a, a person yield to, to desire for drugs or alcohol or to, to desire to manipulate or deceive? What makes a Christian 
succumb to that. You see, I don't know all the ramifications of why they yield to it, but I know where it began. Because when you desire the truth, when you love it, you will desire to yield to it. When the temptation of the world is weighed against the peace of God, that comes from the Word of God, the Word of God will overcome. So I, I'm going to give you a little bit of a, just think of this little parallel, and, and I want you to understand that, that these are not absolute, but it's, but it's close. If we have a, a couple who truly love each other and someone comes along and entices one of them with lust or infatuation, true love should succeed. For it should overcome or overwhelm the temporary desire. A momentary desire will almost always be overcome or defeated by a lasting relationship, or should be. For what person in their right mind would choose that which does not last over that which does? Doesn't make sense. Now, I understand you say, well, people do that all the time. That's people. That's humanity. But my God says that, that we have a promise from Almighty God that it does not have to happen to us. You see, the key from that little illustration is being in the right mind. You see, the scripture is, is let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. We don't need to be, the only right mind we can be in is the mind of Christ. And when we have the mind of Christ about every situation, we don't succumb to the temptations of the world. Now, I, listen, folks, you know, don't, don't even think that I'm up here saying that, that you know, we're going to somehow we're going to get to be sinlessly perfect. Our problem is just like this when my preacher said, you know, in any given situation, anyone could overcome temptation if they would yield to the Holy Spirit. I, and I understand that. You could. Every time you could overcome temptation if you yield to the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you, if you stay in a continual love relationship every moment, every second of every day with the Word of God, God. God says that you won't yield to the temptation. He said, then what happens? We leave our first love. We leave that love. So I'm telling you, I'm just warning you, listen, the danger time is when you start to withdraw from the Word of God, when you start to set it aside, when you start to go a day or a week or a month without it. Something is, look, you're in danger. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. This is the victory that overcometh the world. And he says this, even our faith. Well, listen, our faith is based in the Word of God. And so our faith, which comes from the Word of God, and now and it only, you're only going to have faith through the Word of God if you have a love for the Word of God. And, and I'm going to explain that to you in just a second. Uh, <coughs> We've been talking about this in illustration, sort of relating this to humanity. We should not, uh, <clears throat> you just, all, when you look at humanity, we're talking about humanity is going to, at some point, going to wane. Some point, going to lose that love. Some point, uh, going to waver. And I understand that. We just need to limit that as much as possible. And the older we get, maybe we limit it more and more. We won't ever get perfect, but bless God, we can get closer and closer. But I'm going to give you two great reasons that Christians fall, yet say they have a love for the Word of God. 
Well, I, I'm going to just throw in another one right now. One, one is they call it a love for God when they've got a schedule. It's not really a love. It's, a, it's, a, it's an effort of character or a point of discipline. You see, you'll do the same thing out of character as you will out of desire. It's just the reason behind it is different. But think of these two reasons, and, and some of you may not even grasp these, but, but others may. I believe one of the reasons that we see Christians fall is that they have gotten so far away from the true word of God what they possess is so diluted that they believe they love it, but they don't even have it. I believe personally that's why in so many countries around this world they have salvation because in the Bible that they have, they have enough gospel to get saved because that's pretty simplistic. But they seem to live ungodly. They seem to live succumbing over and over to sensuality, lying, deception. Now, it's everywhere, but it's really, really prevalent some places. I, I say, I can't, can't prove it to anybody, but to myself, I believe that it hinges in the fact that they have a deluded word of God. Number two is they believe it in theory, but not in practice. Now get this, please, because this is where American Christianity is. We believe it in theory. Oh, yes, 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 I believe it, every word of it, cover to cover, but not in practice. You see, a true love says, I believe it's the Word of God. I Since I believe it's the Word of God, I desire to know what it's teaching me. And you know why I desire what it's teaching me? Not just so I can have knowledge. I desire what it's teaching me so I can know how to live. But most of our Christianity, that's not the case today. And forgive me, it's not just this old conservative guy up here that's saying it. A lot of our progressive churches are waking up to this today to realizing that they've thrown a door open. It says, all you need is that little portion that tells you how to be saved. And the rest of this, well, the Old Testament is Old Testament, and a lot of the New Testament really doesn't apply. No, 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 no. Listen, a love for it says every page, every word has something that can make a difference in my life. So my question, are you tired of failing or falling? I know I am. I know I am. 
Are you tired of going through the motions of Christianity, the schedule, but not sensing the reality of the power of God's promises? I've been there and I've lived that way. I don't want to be there again. I'm so far from perfect, but that's something I'm really fighting. I don't want to go through the performance of it. I want to go through the reality of a relationship with Christ. I don't want to go through the motions of Christianity. The schedule, but not sensing the reality of the power of God's promises. Let me ask you this, whoever you are, would you like to be stronger than you are? Would you like to be stronger? Oh, it may be that, that all these serious sins, no, they don't have anything for you, but, but getting upset and angry and bitter still does. People's words still offend you. Just get under your skin. Whether we realize it or not, this verse has so much more than that, but it, a whole lot of that starts here. Would you like to increase your strength to overcome temptation? Would you like to commit to not just believe, but to love the Word of God? Say, so what do you mean, Brother Hooker? I, I mean, you know... <clears throat> I'm married to my wife. I believe I'm married. And if I tell her every day, honey, I believe I'm married to you. That's not going to light her fire. I need to love her. I need to express that love for her. We, we, we got a new coffee maker, amen? Finally could afford another one. Remember I told you we got one a long time ago. We got a new coffee maker, and, 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 and it, it's got a little instruction book on how to make specialty coffees. Well, I, I made one and gave it to my wife, and she loved it. I've made her about 27 since then. Because love is more than just even a word. It's an action, and I, and I found something that just really... Speaks, I love you. And it's cheap. And so, <laughs> but see, that's kind of the way we are with, with God and His Word. I believe it. Well, believing is a whole lot different than loving it. It's a whole lot different. Than, love is active. Love is submissive. Love is obedient. Love is trusting. Love is accepting. Love is devoted. Love is respondent. Love is captivating. Love is exhilarating. It's compelling. It's thrilling. That's, those are just, that's just part of love. Love encompasses a lot more than just say, I believe it. David was a man after God's own heart, the Bible says. And watch this. David uh, was, the way it's been defined to me, is David sought after God. David sought to know God. David, David wanted to be like God in the sense that he understood God. And here's what David says. He said in Psalm 119, 97, Oh, how I love thy law. 
It is the meditation. It is my meditation all the day. Oh, how I love that law. That's what David says. And he was a man after God's heart. So, dear God, each day of my life, that needs to be my prayer. God, may I feel this way. And I, and I have, for several years, many times, I will pray, God, let me be a friend to you like Abraham was, and he spoke to you as a friend, speaketh as a friend. Let me be as Moses as you spoke to Moses as a friend. Let me be as David that sought after your heart. But you know what that really means? It begins with loving his word. And God was so good that he said, if you love my word, if you love it, and when that old stupid temptation comes after you, when all the, the, the demons of hell, when they present to you, if you're in love with this, he said, I'm going to make you a promise. This is captain over that. This supersedes. This overwhelms. This conquers. If you love it. Because the answer is here to everything that you face. What do you want? Father, I ask you to bless this morning. Lord Jesus, it's mostly our church folks. And Father, as usual, as if there's anyone that's still fat.